0: 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 1, Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which also ye have received, and wherein ye stand, by which also ye are saved. If you keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless ye have believed in vain. For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. Let us pray. Our Father, as we bow before you, Lord, I do want to thank you for another day of life, another privilege that we have to meet together. We thank you, Lord, for the many blessings that we have in Jesus Christ, and We know, Lord, if we didn't have you, we'd have nothing. And I want to thank you, Lord, for salvation. Thank you for the gospel. Thank you for this opportunity to preach. And, Lord, I realize that I can't preach without you. And, Lord, I pray for understanding. I pray for the power of God. And, Lord, I pray you'd speak to my own heart and the hearts of each individual that's gathered here today. May we leave here a better servant for you, I pray for the salvation of souls, and that you would stir our hearts once again, in Jesus' name, amen. Well, I want to preach to you today on the gospel, and uh, what the gospel really is. Now, there's a lot today that is being uh, portrayed or proclaimed as the gospel. Uh, That's not the gospel at all, and uh, this is really nothing new. I heard, a, I heard a fellow on the radio this week as I was driving back and forth to, uh, to revival, and he told a lot of stories, but he didn't preach much gospel. And what people need to hear is the gospel. That's what gets the job done. Now in Paul's day, in 2 Corinthians eleven four, 4, he said, For if he that cometh preaches another Jesus whom we have not preached, or if you receive another spirit, which you have not received, or another gospel, which you have not accepted, you might well bear with him. Now he's saying this kind of sarcastically, that uh, if the Jesus that I'm preaching, the spirit that I'm preaching, the gospel that I'm preaching, is is just my idea about it, my own uh, thoughts, then he said if someone else comes along and preaches something else, you might listen to him, you might bear with him, but otherwise you better listen to what I've got to say to you. And Paul was simply saying that I, the Jesus I'm preaching is, is the true Jesus and the true spirit and the true gospel and uh, that if it is true, and it is, then you better receive it, and you better listen to it. Now he explains this, he talks about this another gospel, and he explains it in Galatians chapter 1. Let's just turn there and, and look at it, and then we'll get back to, uh, to the message in, in Galatians chapter 1, and uh, verse number 6 he said, I marvel that you are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel. Now he's talking, he mentions this another gospel that he had referred to in 2 Corinthians 11. And he said, which is not another, but there be some that trouble you and would pervert the gospel of Christ. Now he said, he said it's another, then he says it's not another. And the reason he says that is because it's—it's—it it's, sounds like the gospel, uh, but it's perverted. And he said they pervert the gospel of Christ. Now, what they've done is that it works of the grace of God, and that perverts the gospel. It sounds like the gospel, but he said it's another gospel. But people don't recognize it as another because they preach the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus Christ. And he said, it's really not another, but it is another in the fact that it's perverted. And it's a mixture of grace and works. But though we are an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. As we said before, so say I now again, if any man preach any other gospel of you than that that you have received, let him be accursed. Now God doesn't have to say anything but one time for it to be so. But when God gives it to us twice, he don't want us to miss it. And here he repeats it. And he said, if I come back to you and I preach something else other than the gospel, or if someone else preaches something else other than the gospel that I preach to you, or an angel from heaven preaches any other gospel, let him be accursed. Let him drop off into hell. That's a pretty strong judgment, isn't it? And uh, so uh, the gospel is important. Now, it's important to understand what the gospel is, and we find that in 1 Corinthians 15, a very clear definition of the gospel. And he said, I preach this to you, and he said, you received it, and it's where you stand. And he said, by which you're saved. And this is the only way people can get saved is by the gospel. Now, what is the gospel? Verse 3 and 4. For I deliver unto you, first of all, that which also receive, how the Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. He died in fulfillment of the scriptures He died a substitutionary death. And he said he was buried, picture of our sins being taken away, and that he rose again the third day according to the Scriptures. Now, Christ died, that's history. Christ died for me. Christ died a substitutionary death. That can bring salvation. And he wants us to understand that he died in our place. He died for a purpose. Jesus gave up the ghost, gave up the spirit. He yielded his life. Uh, Jesus was not, uh, uh, you know, he didn't die uh, accidentally. Uh, He died on purpose. His death was planned, and he died for a purpose. Now the gospel means good news in Luke 2, we're coming to the Christmas season, and the angel there came to the shepherds and said, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people, for on you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And he said, I bring you good tidings. I come to bring the gospel to you. That's really what they were saying. The gospel means good news, and the good news is that Jesus would come. Had come was born, and would would uh, pay the debt of sin on the cross now some things about the gospel the first thing is is the person of the gospel. Now we talk about the plan of salvation, but in reality salvation is not a plan salvation's a person uh, and I hope you understand that I think you do uh, that uh, that uh, when we present, we talk about the plan of salvation, uh, we are presenting the person of Jesus Christ. 1 John 5 said, He that hath the Son hath life, and he that hath not the Son of God hath not life. You can know the Roman road forwards and backwards and still miss heaven if you don't have Christ. A person can say all the right words and do all the right things and believe everything they're supposed to believe right. And, and if you don't have Christ, he that hath the Son hath life. Not he that hath the plan. He that hath the Son hath life. And salvation is in the person of Jesus Christ. He's the person of the gospel. In Acts 2, 36, Therefore let all the house of Israel Know assuredly that God hath made that same Jesus whom you have crucified, both Lord and Christ. Now in verse 3 he said, I deliver in you first of all that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins. According to the scripture, a person died. Jesus didn't come and set up a plan and and." Uh, uh, as we elect representatives to go to Washington and they r- make laws and rules and we're bound by them and some of them are not so good and, and Jesus didn't come to do that. He didn't come to draw up a plan of action. He came to do it to do himself. He came to die. And uh, there's no salvation outside of the person of Christ. We find that in John chapter 6. Uh, they said, this is a hard saying. And many of them went back and walked no more with him. And he turned to the twelve and says, will you also go away? And you think of that, they all left. And uh, he's got the twelve there, and he says, you're going too, basically. And Peter said, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thy hast the words of eternal life. We don't have anywhere else to go except Christ. And I tell you folks today, if he fails us, we're gone. They know where else to turn to, is there? Uh, All these other religions can't save. And they they offer, in fact, they don't offer any salvation. Some of them offer reincarnation and, uh, and all that. But the Lord offers eternal life. The person of the gospel is Christ. Then notice the price of the gospel again in verse 3 he said that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures now I believe in the virgin birth in fact if Christ had died without being virgin born then uh, then that would not have been sufficient but I want to tell you that the virgin birth of Jesus Christ can't save you you can believe in the virgin birth and be lost and uh, uh, Roman Catholics, they, they believe in the virgin birth. And uh, most of them are lost. But uh, uh, it was important that he be virgin born. We believe that. And uh, his sinless life, that was important. Jesus lived perfect, he was without sin. You know, I think of that and it, it's hard for me to comprehend. I don't know about you, but knowing my own nature. Uh to live without sin is, you know, thank God one day we're gonna be able to do that. <laughs> Isn't that gonna be wonderful? To 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 have perfect thoughts all the time and never have an evil thought and never I'd say an idle word, or you know, sometimes I say some things and I think, you you know, what'd you say that for, you dumbhead? Uh and uh, you stick both feet in your mouth. And, and, uh, but the Lord lived without sin. He was perfect. But I want to tell you something. Jesus could have been virgin born. Lived a perfect life. And there'd been no salvation for you and I. Jesus was born of a virgin. He lived a perfect life. His miracles were important. He was God. He proved he was God. Uh, there's no doubt in my mind that he was God. No one else ever been able to do what he done. And he showed those Jews that he had the power to, uh, he had power over disease. Uh, and no matter what a person had, if they was blind, if they were lame, uh, or whatever, if they were dead, he could take care of it. He had power over disease. He had power over death. He had power over demons. He had power over nature. I'll take some of these television healers down. Uh, one of these hurricanes come through. See what they can do. You claim to have the same power Jesus had, let's see you calm the storm. But I'll tell you, he could. If you took Jesus down there, Hurricane Andrew, he could have stopped. He could not only could have turned it around; he could have stopped it, and there'd have been no wind. Period. He could have just—that'd been the end of it. I mean, he could do that. Now, you tell me, who else can do that? If Jesus Christ is not God, then who was he? We believe he was God. We believe he had miracles. His great teaching. Nobody has affected the lives of man like the teachings of Jesus Christ. And still today, I marvel, I marvel at, at, uh, at uh, the Word of God. Nothing affects people like the Word of God. I go out on visitation, start talking about Jesus, and I just, I'm just overwhelmed by what this Word of God does. It's amazing. Or you can go to the library and check out a book. Maybe a bestseller. You can go into the home, knock on the door, and tell them about it. Boy, I'll tell you, this is the greatest book in the world. And it, won't, it won't have the effect as this. It won't do what this book does. And most of those bestsellers, a year down the road, you couldn't give one away. Everybody's read it. Nobody, nobody wants the book now. Everybody's read it. It's already been made in the movie, and everybody's seen the movie. <laughs> nobody wants the book, except Sandy, you know. She wants the original of Gone with the Wind or something like that. But, uh, but anyway, the Word of God, Jesus Christ, all of these things were important, but I want to say it to you today that they could not bring salvation. Christ had to die. He had to die. That's the price. He had to shed his blood. He had to be crucified. Psalm 22 describes it. Isaiah 53 described it before it ever happened. And the awful suffering they went through. And today we'll be reminded once again, we'll be reminded of of the broken body and blood of the Lord Jesus Christ of his suffering on Calvary, the price that he paid in his body on that tree for our salvation. He had to die in order to be saved, to bring salvation. Uh, Hebrews 9, says, without shedding of blood is no remission. And you find that illustrated all the way through the Word of God, all the way through the Bible, the shedding of blood. And without shedding of blood is no remission. God taught Adam and Eve that. He illustrated when he rejected Cain's offering because it was not a blood offering. He illustrated on the night of the Passover when they were told to put the blood on the doorpost. He illustrated in the ark as he covered it with pits there and the word means atonement. And all through the Old Testament, all the sacrifices all pointed to the suffering and the shedding of blood. And 1 Peter 1:18 and 19 says, We're not redeemed with silver and gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. In Ephesians 1, 7, In whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of His grace. The gospel, Christ had to die, or there'd be no gospel. There'd be no good news. Why would we want to come to church today if there's no good news? But I'm glad there is good news, thank God. There is the gospel that brings salvation because Christ has died on the cross. He did die. And then the uh, uh, third thing we notice is the power of the gospel. The power of the gospel. He died for our sins that's why he died and the power of God to take sin away to transform lives I'll tell you the gospel of Jesus Christ transforms lives years ago I've told you before but uh, man was saved in our church and maiden there and he, uh, he was uh, drunk and all. he was in his 50's all he'd ever done was be a drunk all he'd ever done was fight and party and His first wife had left him with the children and said, I can't live with a drunk. She put up with it as long as she could and she left him. He had remarried and he still drank. And one Sunday, he shocked his wife, you know, she couldn't believe what was happening. Says, we're going to church today. He told later, said, I'd tried to, he got under conviction and uh, he tried to drink the conviction away and he said, I drank and I couldn't get drunk. And I drank Saturday night and I couldn't get drunk and I couldn't drive it out of my mind that I was going to meet God in eternity. So he got up and they started Says, where are we going to church? He says, I don't know, we'll go somewhere. They started driving, drove bare church and said, let's stop here. And I'm glad that he stopped at a church where he could hear the gospel. If he'd have stopped at some churches who would have told him to be good and be baptized and you'll make it. But he came to a church, God ordained that he come to a church where he could hear the truth and hear the gospel and be saved. And God transformed his life. I was still working in a furniture factory at that time and uh, pastoring at the same time and going to school at night. And and, uh, uh, I told a man I work with, i said uh, i said this man was saved he said i don't believe that he said he ain't never been drunk never be nothing but drunk he Says he's never been no count never be anything else i said well we'll see he came and got saved and uh, god changed his life he went home poured his liquor down the drain poured his beer out poured it all up. God transformed his life. He was a new creature. I'll tell you, the gospel does that. I didn't do it. Turn over a new leaf didn't do it. But Jesus done it. Jesus changes lives. Aren't you glad of that? And I'm glad, thank God, I can take this blessed book and I can go out and tell lost sinners that this is the power of God and the salvation, that this will do the job. I don't care what they're saying. I don't care who they are. The gospel of Jesus Christ is the answer to their problems. And your loved one and your relative or your friend, they may be deep in sin and they, they may be way out there, but I want to tell you, the Word of God has the power to change them. It's the power of the gospel. And Paul said, I'm not ashamed of it, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth to the Jew first and also to the Greek. It's the dynamite of God unto salvation. I mean, there's a lot of power in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Man is a sinner, yes, but the Bible said that he died for our sins. He died for a purpose. He died in their place. He didn't die for himself. He died for us. He died for our sins on the cross. That's the power of the gospel. Then I want to notice, I want you to notice the purpose of the gospel. What did die for? Verse two, by which also you're saved. That's why he died. That was his purpose. He went there, thank God for me. He went there for you. If you'd have been the only person in the world. He would have died for you. He'd have died for you if you'd have been the only one. And I'm glad for that. The purpose of the gospel, he says, by which also you're saved. He said, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached, by which also you're saved. I think every time Paul preached, he preached the gospel. And whatever we preach, if we're preaching to lost people, we ought to get the gospel out. And when we go out on visitation, we go out and knock on doors and we talk about a lot of things in the homes. But my main emphasis, the reason I'm there is to present the gospel. And if I don't get to do that, I, I feel that I have failed miserably. If that person needs God, if they're unsaved, and I'll tell you, there's a county out there. We're in a religious, the Bible belt, they say. But if you go out and knock on some doors, and I realize we specifically try to, try to knock on people's doors that are out of church and, and, uh, and need the Lord. Uh, I, was, I was just reading a, uh, an article uh, uh, yesterday, I believe it was, and it told about this town. I, I meant to cut it out and bring it, but... Uh, but I didn't. It told about this this city. This happened some years ago. Uh this count, this teenage count. They were having count that week and they, they took, I believe, about sixty-five, if I remember right, of their teenagers. And uh they, they canvassed this this city. It was a small town. It's had six hundred and something I I think people there are residences. And uh uh and they canvassed it and they asked them about uh, uh, about how do you go to heaven? How does, one, how does one get to heaven? And only 15%, I think, of all that they talked to uh, knew how to go to heaven or answered, or answered that they believed that it was by receiving the Lord Jesus Christ. They said, one man said that you flew. Think of that. I told you about the survey I did and I was up with Brother Floyd Crouch back in the spring in revival. And I got on the phone and called several people uh, just for because I was needing I was preaching along that line and I thought uh, I was staying there at his church and and uh, I never I never contacted one person that could tell me how does one get to heaven, not one. Now I did not call the whole book naturally. I just called uh, maybe fifteen or twenty, I say, and. Uh, uh, some were offended. Some, some became angry at that did he ask. One lady said, "I believe everybody goes to heaven. Think of that. Oh, I believe everybody goes to heaven. No, everybody's not going to heaven." One man said, "Do you receive the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior?" I thought, "I've got a Christian." I said, is that all you do? He said, oh, no, that's not all you do. Oh, yes, that is all you do. That is it as far as getting to heaven. Now, once you get saved, that's not all you're supposed to do. But as far as what gets us to heaven, that's all, that's all you have to do. But anyway, he said, by which you're saved. A person cannot be saved without the gospel and they need to hear the truth of God, the power of the God, the purpose of the gospel. Mark 16, 15, says, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. That's what we need to do is preach the gospel. Preach the gospel to every creature. Now, after you get them saved, there's more to preach than the gospel. Uh, but that's the first step. That's the first thing is preach the gospel. Sometimes people say, every time I hear you preach, you preach on salvation. Won't you come some other time except Sunday morning? People think that's all I preach on all the only time they come Sunday morning. If they come some other time, they'd find out I preach a whole lot. Maybe some things they wouldn't like. But uh, he said preach the gospel to every Every creature. And first Timothy two four he said he will have all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. Second Peter three nine said he's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. God wants everybody saved. And I think we ought, I believe everybody would come in contact with, we ought to be soul conscious, and we ought to be concerned. Are they saved? Do they know Christ? This Thanksgiving season. Did you tell anybody about the Lord? Did that even cross your mind? When I get if you get together with your family or whatever, are they saved? Are my brothers and sisters, moms and dad children, are they, do they know God? Did you talk to them about the gospel? Did you talk to them about the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ? Are we ashamed of him? Are we afraid they'll be offended? Of the gospel. They may be offended. But it's better that they be offended and later on think about it, maybe get saved, than to go to hell non offended. They were offended at Jesus' words too. How offended? They were so offended they nailed him to a cross. And we should not hesitate because sometimes people may not like it. Man does not like to be told that he's a sinner. That's usually not good news to people, but thank God there's good news that man can be forgiven of his sin. I'm glad that he'd have all men be saved. He's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. God wants everybody saved. Everybody's not going to be saved, but everybody can be saved. I talked to a man years ago who only believed a certain few could get saved. I gave him these verses. He said, that's all the elect. I said, my Bible doesn't say all the elect. He would have all men to be saved. Your Bible say all men are the elect? No, just all men. He would have all men to be saved. And that includes women in that. When talking about men there, he's talking about man in general, not just men and and, uh, specifically. That was the purpose. That's why he went to the cross. Then the promise. He said, if you keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless you have believed in vain. He said, if you really believed, if you meant it, God saved you. Peter's. it depends on Christ. Now, if it depends on me, it does have to do with my faithfulness. But if the gospel is in, what, you know, people talk about all this works thing. What did we do as far as the gospel? What part did we play in it? Did we die? Did we die for anybody's sins? Did we resurrect? Did we do any of it? The fact is, I didn't do nothing except help nail in there with my sins. I didn't do nothing. He done it all. He did the dying. He did the burial. He was buried. He did the raising. He did it all. And the Bible said that's what saves you. That's the gospel. And that's what does it. He remains faithful. (laughs) If I don't, thank God he does. The promise of the gospel. The Bible said if we confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that God raised from the dead, we'll be saved, in Romans 10. And after we believe, we're sealed with the spirit of God until the day of redemption, Ephesians 1:13, in whom you also trusted that you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after that you believed, you were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. Now notice that. He says you trust it after you heard the word, the gospel of your salvation. You can't trust it until you've heard it. After you hear it, then you can trust it. And then he said after you believed, you're sealed to the day of redemption. This is the gospel. The promise is if you need to be saved, thank God he'll save you if you'll believe the gospel. Christ has already done everything that needs to be done. He's already went to the cross. He's already paid the debt of sin. He's already raised from the dead. He's already done it all. The only reason you go to hell today is because you haven't received it. If you'll receive it, you can have it. Because everything that needs to be done to keep the world out of hell has already been done. 1 Peter four seventeen. what shall the end be of them that obey not the gospel of God? What's going to be the end of those that obey not the gospel? Revelation 21, 8, said the unbelievers shall have their part in the lake which burnt with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. The unbelievers. The man don't have to be a murderer. Don't have to be an adulterer. Don't have to be a liar. Don't have to be a thief. Don't have to do any of those things. All he has to do is just not believe. Just don't get his sins paid for. Then he's lost. Forever. This is the gospel that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried, that he raised again the third day according to the scriptures. You say, I've heard that. I've heard that many times. I know it by heart. Listen. The Lord said, I leave two things with you that I want you to do. First of all, after you get saved, I want you to be baptized. Portraying the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Then after you do that I want you to partake of the Lord's supper I want you to take the bread and the juice and as oft as you do it you show the Lord's death till he come you know what that tells me that tells me God don't want us to get far away from the cross you know for long we're going to celebrate Christmas but I don't find anywhere in the Bible he tells us to celebrate Christmas do you? Now, we use this as an opportunity to remember the Lord and portray the Lord and have a Christmas program and, and all that and try to get the message of the Lord out. But the Bible doesn't tell us to have a Christmas celebration. Find it. We'll have Easter. By the way, these are, they have pagan connections that, Uh, The the holidays do. We'll have Easter and we use it. We don't believe rabbits lay colored eggs. You go out and hunt them. We don't believe any of that stuff, but we use it as an opportunity to remember the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. But the Bible doesn't tell us to celebrate Easter. As such. You know what he does tell us. Not just on Easter we remember his death and resurrection, but when we observe the Lord's Supper, he said, "I don't want you to get very far away from that." You know, you know, God, God knows we forget, don't we? Brother the teaching there in Exodus 17 about how God took and uh, uh, the Israel in the wilderness there and gave them water out of the rock and uh, uh, one thing as I stay the wilderness journey of the children of Israel is how quickly they forgot I mean they walked through that Red Sea with a wall of water on each side can you imagine that how would you like to have been there when God blew a path through the sea and they marched through on dry ground man You'd think, you'd think someone see that, they'd never, you know, man, they'd never get away from God. God do something like that, that had to be God. They'd never sin anymore. Listen, it wasn't but days. I'm talking about just a few days. They were complaining and grumbling against Moses and against God and blaming God and said, you should have left us in Egypt. You would not believe what they were doing just a few days later and we tend to that's the reason we have church why did God say we ought to do this thing people say well I don't think you ought to go you have to go to church to go to heaven I didn't I, I never told no one you had to go to church to go to heaven you have to receive Christ to go to heaven why do we come to church anyway why did God well to go to church because the Lord told us to go One of the main reasons God told us to come to church is we forget. If we didn't get, keep, if we weren't reminded, we'd get away from it. And that's why he said, I want you to have the Lord's Supper. So when we leave here this morning, you might think about what I've done for you. You might think about how they nailed them nails in my hands and my feet. And you might remember how they crowned with my thorns and, and how they scourged my back and, and beat the flesh off of my back and you could, see the, you could see the bone sticking through my back. He said, I want you to remember how they stuck the spear in my side and all that blood and water gushed out. I don't want you to forget it. I want you to remember it again. I want you to remember how they spit on me and how they jerked my beard at and how they laughed at me and made fun of me, and how they stripped me off naked and walked by and made fun of me and laughed at me and hung me there in shame and disgrace. I don't want you to forget it. I want you to be reminded of it and when you go home this week, I want you to think about it again. And they all, hey, Listen, I can get up here and I can scream and holler, preach mean, how you, ought to, how you ought to be faithful to the house of God, how you ought to pray, how you read your Bible, how you ought to witness, how you ought to tithe, how you ought to do these things. But listen, there's nothing will cause you or me to serve God any more than falling in love with Jesus Christ. And when we realize what he'd done for us, and the price that he paid on that rugged cross and how he loved us. How could we do less than serve him? That's what this is all about. That's the gospel of our salvation. That's what he paid to keep us out of hell. And there's nothing more important that you know the apostle Paul when God saved him everywhere he went he said I want to tell you what happened to me on the Damascus road I want to tell you what God done for me what Jesus who I hated and despised what he done for me he never got away from that day God saved him he never got away from it have you that's fire